Welcome one and all to my new book, podcasting segment. Now you may not know me, but you will most assuredly know me, for I am indeed Henry Thomas Weber, and I am a Christian patriarch in good standing, and a fellow American patriot too, maybe even like yourself. I am not the patriarch of our faith. Oh no, not like Moses or Abraham or Jacob was. No, neither am I like one of the great original apostles either as was Peter or Paul. But I do follow in the lineage of these great architects of our Christian heritage. Of course, our real founding father, Jesus Christ, is the Lord of all. And he will be taking all the glory as is rightfully is in this program and forthwith. So then, today we will be discussing the future of America. And I would like you to think of America as past tense, per se. Because one day, it very well will be, on a bright and glorious day so fair and not so far away, it will be at a specific time in history when the kingdom of God will be coming down from heaven to displace this grand old republic of ours. Let's talk. Now then, where should we begin? That is the $64 question, perhaps. And in case you didn't know, that little tidbit of curiosity I just mentioned has a direct connection with CBS, the famous broadcasting folks we're all quite familiar with. Well, I have never been affiliated with CBS or the show they once aired called Take It or Leave It. That program was airing back in the 1940s, before I was born when nearly everyone in America listened in on the radio. However, $64 was the top prize money of their show back in those days, and it was awarded to whomsoever got their question right. And we all want to be right, right? And so with that little bit of trivia being said, let's move on to matters much more intensely important these days than just remembering a mere game show of the past. I'm going to be mentioning my recently published book throughout the podcast as we move along in conversation. And please, feel free to grab a cup of coffee or maybe have a nice spot of English tea as I prefer because just possibly you may find yourself being transfigured in emotion. You may fall prey to fascination as well and some people I think probably become a little surprised at what I'm going to say and others will be simply astonished at the things I'm going to be telling you folks. I will be referencing my book occasionally and talking about things I've written in in it, things that should matter most to Americans in these very grave and difficult and divided times we are now living. They are serious matters of the heart, ideals of values and virtues now long forgotten, that is, which will be more or less the main topic of things we will cover as I try to navigate the troubled waters of our day. I also will be recalling much of our past history, remembering an altogether different America I grew up in, and ushering a call of warning out to a nation that, quite frankly, has forgotten the Almighty God of heaven and earth. The same God whom is not only the founder of our liberty, but the benefactor of all good things. This and more will be the offering, while simultaneously thread-weaving history through the eye of a needle, as it were, I will be. That is the mission before me, 
because that's just how difficult the task is at hand to bring this nation about face and back to its moral footing. And so, as you very well may know by now, the book is Americans We Were, and again, I am Henry Thomas Weber, its author. So then, let's get on to the heart of all that really matters. The real issues at hand, which many good people in this nation are quite afraid to address in our day, I think. It's time for the silent majority, or those people who love God, family, and country. It's time for them having a love that is shed abroad in our hearts in the context of liberty. A liberty, incidentally, which is instituted by God, whereas we need not only need to unite in this, but to stand up and be silent no more in America. There is no room for indifference. There is no place for complacency any longer. And ignorance is never an excuse. Time is indeed diminishing. The midnight hour is drawing near. This nation cannot long endure, lest there come an awakening from Almighty God above, I fear. Have we crossed the threshold of no turning back? Well, I could elaborate on my feelings and sentiments. I could expound on the timing of Bible prophecy, but I would only be fooling myself and you if I thought I could say with complete or uncanny insurance, or with any accuracy, whether or not it's too late for America to return to the glory of its yesteryear. Of course, we were never perfect in every way in this country. We were flawed from the beginning, but we held high the banner of righteousness and strove to be united as one people under God. No, I cannot say if it's too late for America, although I feel in my heart it may be. It may be true. Given in the light of the exceedingly perilous times Jesus warned were coming upon the whole world, and those days appear as though they are now at, at our doorstep. Look at the signs. The evidence is real. The signs are everywhere. It's not a question if it's today, tomorrow, or next week, should the Lord come, or the world should end, as we might think. No, there is coming the end to this age, no doubt, when the final culmination of the last of the latter days begins. The question is, are you personally prepared to receive the Lord, should he come? That is the question we must all settle in our hearts before we die. Which brings me to another thought. Neither can I say exactly when Christ is returning to judge the wicked or to usher in the great tribulation in the days of Armageddon that many of us uh, have heard about since we were children. Or when or we may not know the time when his foot finally touches the Mount of Olives and Christ walks triumphantly through that eastern gate of the old city of Jerusalem. It will happen, but sure as the tide rises and falls as each new day begins and ends, it will happen with assurance at the end of great turmoil in the world, a time shortly following that tumultuous historic moment of mankind's rebellious spirit, when Christ himself will bring this world into perfect submission of his perfect will. That hour is reserved for only the Almighty to know, Jesus said, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. I'm quoting from Matthew, 
the 24th chapter, the 36th verse of the Old King James Bible. What is at hand is what always has been required of believers, though. They who believe and follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and that is, is true for Bible-believing Christians everywhere, to engage in the marketplace, actively sharing the gospel of good news with they who have no hope, with they who have no understanding of the resurrection to life at all. In that we should also take a stand against the wicked evils going on in our nation and in the world. We are to be the very salt and light that Jesus talked about, which always opposes the wrong, declaring ourselves to a lost world bent on a pathway towards eternal destruction. Whether they want to hear it or not, whether we fear reprisal or not, we must put forth the message. We must put feet to the gospel of Jesus Christ, telling people the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the only way to life, liberty, and true happiness. Neither, For, for the Bible declares, neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Acts, fourth chapter, the twelfth verse. Yet even the Christian church in America is eroding in these hectic times. Apostasy stands near the entranceway to the temple. The fundamentals of the Christian faith are being challenged or abandoned altogether in our day. And so it goes as America is being dissected and divided culturally and socially. So it is true with the Church of Jesus Christ as well, I'm afraid. And speaking of division, that reminds me of something Abraham Lincoln once warned to a nation dividing on the eve of great civil war. He wasn't president then, but he delivered these famous words in Springfield, Illinois on June 16, 1858 on the steps of the state capitol building there, declaring to the crowd gathered in his midst, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And we should remember Mr. Lincoln drew this insight from right out of the Holy Bible, wherein Jesus declared, and if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Mark, the third chapter, the 25th verse of the Bible. For they are as wolves in sheep's clothing so often. They are the adversary of liberty many times. The revisionists amongst us. The social reformers who walk in ignorance. And I must say, they are the enemies of the cross. As once we all were until Jesus came into our heart. We can love them, of course. We can share the gospel with them by all means. Yet we can neither walk alongside them in agreement nor trust them, for they themselves first are against us. They themselves do not wish to submit to the righteous laws of heaven's king. Where did all this begin to unfold? I mean, at what point did America betray its own convictions of liberty, constitution, and religious separation from state? At what point of de demarcation did we cross to bring us to such a day of deception and confusion? Well, we could look at specific times and say here began the erosion of fundamental principles. I think the beginning years of the 20th century just prior to and following World War I brought significant, if not more subtle, changes that many Americans never saw coming or were quite unaware of, actually. 
I myself remember my own childhood days growing up in the late 1950s and throughout the 60s as a teenager. It was somewhere between the year 1959 and 1963, I think, where this country began to take a drastic turn with its cultural shifts, its attitude changes, and increasing with a rebellious spirit growing in our youth. I mark November 1963 as a main turning point, though, with a Supreme Court decision to silence school prayer handing down, a growing civil unrest dividing a nation, a highly controversial war in Vietnam, and of course the assassination of a great president, John F. Kennedy. Herein did America try to right some terrible civil wrongs that needed righting, while at the same time we were gradually taking the right of God to be honored in our classrooms. Uh, We were taking away the ability for people to share their ideas freely in a marketplace of ideals, and that is manifesting to this day. America, I believe, has already crossed over a threshold of no return. I must say it because I believe it. That doesn't mean I believe that God has given America up just yet. I do not know at what point his patience will be exhausted. But history proves his love by sending his son to a cross to die for us. History also proves the wrath of God and and the utter destruction that comes to a nation or any people who are unwilling to repent of their wrongful ways. We are not coming to the crossroads of decision. Oh no, we've already been there. America has taken the wrong road a long while ago. It's a dark and dubious pathway we are on, which the Bible says can only lead to utter destruction for us. Soon and very soon, I believe there is coming a collapse in the economic system of America and throughout the world that will parallel but far exceed the Great Depression of 1929. It truly will be not only an unprecedented time in history, but an imperiled time in history. I think it must happen for the world to be willing to follow the edicts of a world ruler, the Antichrist he is called, the enemy of God, that wicked one who will soon be revealed in these upcoming latter days to rule over the whole earth for a period of seven years. My father used to say America votes her pocketbook, and because of our idolatrous nature more so, many people will follow and worship anyone who can save them from economic ruin. This is more a scenario unfolding that I believe will happen in in the upcoming years, deriving from what I see in Bible prophecy, for we know the world must be in total chaos before Antichrist may be revealed. We are nearer to that day than most of us know. So then, listen to what the Lord says while there is time. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Selah. Psalms 9, verses 17 through 20, KGV. Heed the warnings while there is time. If you are not right with God, then get right. The Bible says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Isaiah 55, verse 6. Call upon the name of Jesus if your heart is willing. He will see it. 
If it's sorry for your sins you are, he will know it and save you from the pit of destruction. He is a very good God and wants no one to perish. The decision is ours to make. We do have the liberty to say no or yes to Jesus. I ask, what will you do with Jesus Christ, my friend? Now then, we're coming to the end of this podcast, but look for another in the upcoming weeks, the Lord willing. After all, I'm just getting started. And so I'll close with this old Jewish blessing. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Numbers six twenty-four through 26. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. Bye for now.